The human heart is built with an unquenchable desire to worship, and it will find something to worship. With so many shiny distractions in the world, it's too easy to allow ourselves to be derailed from the worship that God desires from us, a worship of Him that leads to a deeper heart connection and relationship with Him. Today, we discuss the pitfalls the enemy uses to pull us away, strategies we can use to snap ourselves out of the pattern, and some tools for us to draw closer to God in worship. Do you want to experience more intimacy in your marriage through time in God's Word and praying together, but find yourself spending more time scrolling and binging TV? Do you desire to lead your children to know, love, and serve the Lord, but don't even know where to begin? Do you want to incorporate more Jesus into everyday family life, but don't seem to have enough time nor bandwidth for it after all of your adulting? Hi, we are Robbie and Sasha Robertson, and we are so excited that you're here with us on the Faithful Family Fortress podcast. We know the distance between your desires and current lifestyle seems impossible to overcome, but you're not alone. As first-generation believers, we are on a journey to discover what it means and looks like to do life with Jesus. It was a struggle to put down the habits our fellow millennials and culture have been so comfortable with and instead seek to live a more fruitful life. We're here to help build Christ-centered, faithful families by bringing mindfulness into your marriage, purpose into your parenting, and humility into the shared responsibility of homemaking. So fire up that pot of coffee, share an earbud with your spouse, and let's get busy with today's episode here on the Faithful Family Fortress Podcast. This is something that's been in my heart for a long time, pun intended. Just look around and you can see what truly people worship and the signs of it. For instance, uh, sports, there's lots of guys who live for football. Monday night is a sacred space in the house. I think it's Sunday night, isn't it? It's actually both, depending on the games. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, because there's like there's two different series, right? You've got NFL and then you've got college football. And some guys are fanatical about both. Some guys are fanatical about one or the other. I feel like college football people get a little bit more fanatical about, and that's a good word to use. It can also be an activity. It can be a profession that they have, a a key life event, something big that occurred to them at one point in time. Like, for instance, like an astronaut went to space and that becomes the thing. They're like the space guy now. And a victim mentality from a past trauma. I know somebody that I used to work with. um, She did have a very tragic incident that occurred where her parents had taken their lives um, tragically when she was young and this is when she was I think like 10 or 11 she's 60 now and she's still holding on to that trauma and it's a difficult person to be around anyways another thing that you can do is you can look at what they post on their social media that's a really telltale sign things that people are interested in they they leave a a pattern a footprint uh, behind what it is Also, if you're having a conversation with them, you can figure out what subject matter keeps their interest. You could be talking to somebody about something work-related and they seem a little bit bored. You could talk to them about movies and they're not really interested and then bring up gardening. And now you've just sparked an entirely new set of, uh, you know, conversation that could last for hours. You see their eyes light up and everything. It's the thing that they are attached to. Their heart is really attached to. And you can even ask, you can even assess, do they base their personality or identity around this? 
So not to call anybody specific out, but um, I did a triathlon very recently. And there were people that were at the event that were like the event coordinators and like even their license plates reflected that they were triathletes. Like you could just tell they based everything on that subject and that, you know, anything else that was in their life was pretty much secondary to that, that one thing. So I challenge you to be self-reflective. What do you worship and is it greater than God? Yeah, I think too, you're talking about, you know, having conversations with other people or looking at other people's social media and like, I just want to point out that's not the point of this post or this post this um, and talking about social media. That's not the point of of this podcast episode is to look at others and try and figure out what they worship, but to be self-reflective and figure out what do you worship. And I also want to point out, too, that it's not it's not like it's a bad thing to have interests. It's not a bad thing to have passions and things that set your heart on fire. But really taking the moment to stop and check, like, where in your focus does that lie? Where in your priorities does that lie? And what kind of things are are coming maybe in front of or before or taking on a greater focus than God? I've seen this time and time again throughout my life where, you know, people will say that they're Christians or they say that they love the Lord and you know, I'm raising my hand here too. But then you repeatedly find, you know, Alaskans in the summertime. Nope. Hunting's more important. Fishing's more important. Camping's more important. Um, you know, different things like that. And it's one thing to, to honor a season of life that you're in. It's one thing to have like a passion for something. But if you find that God is nowhere in that and keeps slipping, then that's, that's something that needs to take, take, you know, your attention and your focus. So number one that we want to do is to point out recognition. And like Robbie had said, with this story from his triathlon, like these people's license plates were tri chick and tri racer. And, um, they, uh, you could tell like so much of their existence, even the way that they had like talked to others and almost like belittled people, like publicly on the microphone that weren't like, you know, professionals and like peak performers in this event, like this, their whole identity is based on this one part of who they are or what they like. And I just want to caution anyone and everyone that let's not do that. Like we're made in the image of God and, and that is our identity and our heart is built to worship him. And so here are some of the common things that we we can see maybe just amongst culture and society, right? And even in the church, even as Christians, um, like for moms, for example, sometimes we can worship our home, making sure it's like Instagram or, or Pinterest worthy, right? Or we can worship our kids. We can place them in our focus and attention to them above our spouse and above God, and it's so, so common, right? Or comparison to other moms, social media. These are just a, a couple of the common ones that we see, ones that I've even gotten caught up in as well. And then with dads, there's work or sports, hunting, fishing, video games. Again, just some of the common ones. Like if this is you and you're hearing this, like take take that conviction to the Lord. Allow that information to be something that helps you shift back to where your heart's focus is supposed to be. 
And then uh, for, for all of us as parents, right, there are these pressures that we can put on our kids that, that can teach them not to worship God, but to worship other things. And, and we can put this focus on grades, sports, or even other achievements, right? When we're, um, maybe rewarding them or pressuring them or, or having just this, this wrong focus on what truly matters most. And so part, uh, this is like still part one in terms of the recognition, but like maybe a B, you know, underneath of this is, is to shift the focus because God created our hearts to naturally seek something to worship because that part of us was designed to worship him. So we have to recognize that worship to the Lord is a special and intimate part of our relationship with him that has a lot of benefits for us. And you might have seen this quote or article like floating around uh, many times, like I've seen it surge a couple of times maybe, but it was about um, a man who like another man asked him, like, what have you even gained from following God? And his response was that it wasn't about what he gained, but about what he lost. He lost anger. He lost depression, anxiety, guilt, shame, you know, and the list went on. And a heart position towards God and worship of him brings us massive benefits, not just about what we lost, but appreciation and gratitude, growing in grace, increased mercy, tolerance, hope, all the fruits of the spirit, right? Romans 5, 5 says, hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Like, man, just reading that verse is like hope. It is gratitude and appreciation. It is love. It is, it is so much goodness that just makes me want to worship God, right? And then even still, like these benefits of this is the fruit of the Spirit that God has given us his spirit, right? Which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Like the benefits are like, whoa, right? So recognize what, what are you maybe worshiping, but then focus on God and the benefits, even just the relationship with him is benefit, right? That's why, that's why Christ died. So we can be reconciled to him and have that relationship like it was originally designed to be in the garden. Wow. Yeah. And, and thinking back on what you had said with the recognition, you brought up some stuff with me about like parents and then like the pressures we can put on our kids a little bit. And sometimes the thing that we worship as parents, we manifest through our kids. Um, one of my friends he had a son that was a um, dirt biker. He taught, taught, his, taught his son how to dirt bike and started investing like heavy amounts of time and money into his son becoming like a professional dirt biker to the point that his son effectively burnt out and was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And that was the parent pushing that, that worship beyond um, even onto the kid and then past the kid. And that's a point that we have to check ourselves and we have to like make a pattern interrupt. We have to understand like, okay, this is a problem. How do we change and pivot from here? Most of us typically don't have something that extreme, but we ask ourselves, what can we do to start reshaping our heart for worship? And basic stuff that we all can do right now is we can tune out distractions. 
We can have less social media. We can have less screen time. These things that are sand for time in our day. If you ever heard the parable about if you have a jar, you fill it with rocks and then you can fill it with, you know, pebbles and then you fill it with sand to fill in all the cracks and the rocks are the big things in your life. The sand is just the excess. If you put all the sand in first, there's no room for rocks. Um, God should be our biggest rock that's in that jar. And if we fill it with the social media sand and screen time, there's never any room for anything else. Kind of a little bit of a, uh, what do they call that? A mixed metaphor, but I'm hoping it'll come through. So some practical ways we can do this are um, something that you and I have used as a tool. This works really, really well. And that's keeping phones and electronics completely out of the bedroom. That has been a huge benefit for us. We call it a sleep sanctuary. There's the only thing electronic in our room is a basic old school uh, alarm clock. I actually went out and bought one and I had two because the one broke a couple weeks ago, which was kind of crazy. And all that to say, just removing the electronics from your room, it stops you from scrolling at night. It stops you from brainlessly just burning up time and energy where you could be and should be sleeping and just dragging your focus even further away from God and dragging your heart away from God, but rather to get you a little bit closer. There's a lot of other really good benefits that we'll discuss later, but this is the point that I want to highlight right now. Um, if we are watching less news, that's less information coming across our eyes, going into our brains that is distracting us from the Lord and getting us pointed into frivolous directions or picking needless sides on subjects that really don't add up and matter. It's all sand. Um, another thing is listening to less secular music. This is some advice that we got from a really good friend of ours. She had stopped listening to secular music and had just started listening to just worship music almost exclusively and how much of a heart shift that had because it was taking the time and the lyrics that we listen to and instead of incorporating that into like what's going on in our brain, I, I don't know if your brain works like this, but mine does where sometimes my brain will pick a song and it just plays it kind of on repeat in my head kind of throughout the day. And if you have worship music that's taking that place you're spending that brain power, that kind of subconscious brain power, those subsystems working like a computer, worshiping God. And that's reshaping your heart. That's bringing you just a little bit closer. Also, we could really do, and this is like my hands up on this one. <laughs> we could really do for like less movies, TV shows, or sports programs that draws us away from the Lord. There was actually an incident that happened a while back. We'd watched a new release, didn't know anything about what the movie was, and buying it uh, to stream was, I think, like $5 more than just renting it. We're like, oh, we'll just buy it. This will be fine. And it ended up having some really disagreeable context in there that mm, was... It was straight up demonic. It was straight up demonic. <laughs> I'm trying to be gentle here for the sake, but it was straight up demonic. Didn't say it anywhere in any of the previews, and... I was like so bound and determined to watch the movie because that's the kind of person that I am. I didn't recognize like we really shouldn't be watching this right now. And if I had had a heart positioned of I'm not going to let anything into my house through a screen that's going to draw me away from the Lord, I would have recognized that a lot sooner than I did. Um, and that whole thing with Monday nights being a little bit more sacred for the sake of football if you're using that as a term, sacred, that's that's a red flag mm. right there. Yeah, yeah. 
So 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Every lofty opinion. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Yeah. It's a lot, a lot of powerful stuff there. Because, um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, a lot of that is just speaking to me. Even, you know, and I feel like I can say this a 100,000 times on, on this podcast and my podcast of people I talk to. Like, a lot of the stuff that we share is not it's not just for others. It's not because we're perfect. Like, it's for us too, right? And it's, it's great reminders. And that verse from second Corinthians, I could talk about for days as well. So for the sake of time for y'all, we'll keep moving on. And kind of the third part that we want to talk about today is application. And I think a lot of this can be summed up in Matthew six thirty three. Uh, and prior to this in Matthew, you know, God is talking about the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. And like, they're not worried about what they're going to eat or what they're going to wear, right? Some of these basic needs that we have. Yet, in addition to what we're going to eat and what we're going to wear, we as humans have all of these concerns. And, you know, what are we going to do for entertainment? And, you know, all, all these other things. But he sums it up, Christ sums it up so simply. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And this has been a verse that has been on my heart and on my mind and just like a reminder in my face nonstop for the last probably year now. And I think it so well sums up this application of like, this is how God built us and wants us to live. And this is where truly like so many of the benefits of of living in, in his presence come from is just seeking him. And so a couple of ways that we can do this kind of Robbie touched on a couple of things like maybe, maybe not to do or to like turn away from, right. To have that pattern interrupt, but we can listen to worship music, right? Like he said, less secular music, more worship music. I'm the same way as Robbie. You know, if I sing a song in church on Sunday, like I find myself singing it the rest of the day or it's like playing on repeat in my head or or I can't help but to sing it out. You know, we watch Super Mario Brothers and now all the time we're singing peaches, 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 peaches right? Like maybe we can sing Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> I'm digging um, this. Turn other music into worship music, whatever else, right? And then if you think back, right, how many songs from your middle school days and your high school days and right after that like do you still have every word memorized so um something that i love is uh seed family worship right there there are a lot of others uh musicians i'm sure that do this as well but like they straight up sing scripture and it's great like your kids can listen to it too and it's it's super fun but like it's a great way to help memorize scripture and so this brings me to the verse Deuteronomy 11:18 where it says, you shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be on the frontlets of uh, between your eyes. And so um, not just that, but like Deuteronomy 6 also talks about like, keep God's words and the commandments that he has for us. And, um, and just like the remembrance of what God has done for us, like, everywhere. It's like, you shall have them, um, speak of them. Like when you stand up and when you sit down and, and on the doorposts of your home and all of these other things. And so listening to worship music, listening to scripture sung out loud and things like that can be so, so powerful to having that heart worship focused on God. Make sure you're carving out quiet time for God. 
in little moments of the day, like in the car or walking around the house to reflect on him and to worship. Make sure you're spending time in the word daily, right? Like even if it's just the verse of the day, even if it's just having that notification go off from the YouVersion app and making a point to read that scripture verse and then and then think about it throughout the day, right? Maybe it's more. Maybe it's you're going to get up early and spend an hour in God's word or you're going to do an in-depth Bible study or whatever else, but make sure you're spending time in the word. It is the Holy Bible. It is God's gift to us. Set apart a day of rest. Honor the Sabbath. Like these are things that we can do to keep our hearts focused on God as much and as often as we notice it drifting away. Just take that captive and direct our hearts back to him. I want to point out that we don't need to turn off our other interests. Just turn the dial down on them and the dial up on God, right? Make sure you're having and living in accordance with rightly aligned priorities. Make sure God is at the top. Your hobbies and interests are and can be important, but you're made in the image of God. And the other things, like if you're a tri-chick, those do not have to define you. They shouldn't define you because you're made in the image of God. And the desires of your heart's and focus and attention should be on God because the other things, they're just not worth it, quite frankly. Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And This verse, this passage is so incredibly powerful. It is such a reminder. Like this could even be homework for those of you listening to this. If you're finding that your heart's focus is on something else, that you found yourself worshiping something else other than God, just remembering this, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If there is something you're treasuring above God, shift that. Okay. And then lastly, I want to leave you guys with Psalm 86, 12. It says, I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. Translated, Jesus, 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 I love you. Oh. <laughs> Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Um <laughs> Well, thanks for being here with us today, guys. We love sharing this stuff with you. And if you enjoy listening to it or if you think that what we've got is, you know, entertaining and or fruitful, uh, leave us a review and, you know, share it with a friend. And if you leave an entertaining enough review, we might actually read it here on the the podcast one day, which I would love to. We've never read a review, so we probably should just do that. We've yet to read a review. Do you want to read a review right now? Should we go look for one? Uh, Pause. Okay, we're back. We found one. It's a good one. Robbie. So WLK2 tells us, inspiring and deep, five stars. Love this show. Great content on Christian living. Timely and excellent reminders for myself and the person wanting to walk in Christ's example and leading. Well done. I'm a subscriber. Well, thank you, WLK2. We appreciate you too. Yeah, all glory to God because we're just just a vessel here, him speaking it in through us. So we're we're learning here while we're at it. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. But what's the one most important thing we have to do? Remember. 
It's not the life in your years. It's the... Yes, yes it, it is. is. <laughs> I do this every time. <laughs> Remember. It's not the years in your life. It's the life in your years. <laughs>